Greetings, you're listening to podcast number 122 of Blast the Right. I'm your host, Jack Clark. Great to have you on board. Two podcasts ago, you heard about how in the financial markets, ill intentions by some, incompetence by others, led to big problems. And how to solve those problems, a strong government regulatory effort is needed. Right-wing ideology does nothing in the way of prevention and offers nothing in the way of a cure. Now today, please shift your focus to medicine. Same picture. Right-wing ideology has led to big problems and offers no solutions. Let's get right into it. The sources you'll hear today include the Associated Press, the New York Times, and Reuters. If you've been following the news the last couple of months, you might recall hearing about the drug heparin. It's a blood thinner used for decades to prevent clotting. If you've had an intravenous procedure, dialysis, heart, or other surgery, you may well have been exposed to heparin. Well, some poisonous heparin from China has been linked to the deaths of dozens of Americans. But first, some background. Making heparin in China is like what they say about making sausage. Maybe you don't want to know about it, but it helps put things in context. You take pig intestines and other animal organs from slaughterhouses and from, lo and behold of all places, sausage casing factories. Then small, unregulated family workshops cook it. Next, middlemen called consolidators bring that delightful stuff to Chinese plants which manufacture the active ingredient. Finally, that ingredient is shipped to overseas drug manufacturers, including in the U.S., who make the finished heparin product. Is this the kind of process you want to put blind trust in to come out okay, when if it doesn't, it could kill you? Something did go wrong, and so far 81 deaths in the United States have been linked to fatal allergic reactions to contaminated heparin. Several hundred more patients have had severe adverse reactions to the drug. While over a hundred people in Panama died from poisonous cough syrup and toothpaste from China, these are the first reported deaths in the U.S. from defective Chinese products. By the way, I use the word linked, as do the news reports, because at this early point in the investigations, a hundred percent proof of causation of death in each individual case hasn't been established. But the handwriting is clearly on the wall. It doesn't seem like this was an accident. The contaminant is something called Oversulfated chondroitin sulfate. It's made from shark or other animal cartilage. Maybe you know it as a food supplement sold to reduce joint pain. This stuff is over seven times cheaper than heparin, but it mimics the real drug in all but the most sophisticated tests, so unscrupulous manufacturers have an incentive to use it. Half of the active ingredient in some batches of heparin wasn't heparin, but this stuff which is what is linked to those fatal allergic reactions. The death stopped after the U.S. manufacturer, Baxter International, recalled the contaminated batches. If I heard all this, I'd be wondering, don't we have a government agency that's supposed to safeguard our medicine supply? Yup, there is such an agency. It's called the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. It was set up under Teddy Roosevelt in 1906 and then significantly strengthened under his distant cousin, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Problem is, that agency has had the pit bull teeth of right-wing ideology tearing it apart since Bush took office. 
Get a load of this FDA laxity. It had never inspected even once the particular Chinese plan that made the contaminated heparin I just told you about. Even under the best of circumstances, the FDA inspects foreign drug plans once every 13 years. At its present pace, it would be 27 years before the FDA got around to inspecting even once every foreign medical device plan that exports to us. And food plants? It would take 1900, yes, 1900 years to inspect all of them abroad that send us food products. The right wing gets things done, slowly but surely, huh? You really should care about this if you use mainstream pharmaceuticals. U.S. government stats say that 40% of drugs and 80% of the chemicals used to make them are imported. A growing share is from countries that don't have well-established drug regulatory systems like China, India, and Mexico. And this is a global problem. Even if you're not listening to this podcast in the United States, this affects you as well. The FDA says Chinese companies have shipped contaminated heparin to nine countries besides the U.S., since Plasterite has listeners all over the world through the miracle of podcasting, I'll tell you which countries. Australia, Canada, Denmark, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the Netherlands, and New Zealand. Not only has the U.S. company in question, Baxter International, recalled large quantities of the drug here, but similar recalls have taken place in several of those nine nations. Now you've heard what's happened. Not a pretty picture, is it? Feeling a bit uncertain about the safety of a trip to the doctor or pharmacy? You know, Ronald Reagan had his famous quip. I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I think a more apt nine scariest words would be, here's some medicine for you the government hasn't inspected. If you want to see who has a solution and who doesn't, stay tuned. Your one-minute voting report. Over at iTunes, your five-star reviews keep coming in. Thanks. So please post one if you haven't already. It's a one-time thing. You'll be countering those one-star right-wing sabotage reviews. And higher ratings increase Blasterite's visibility and get more people exposed to the progressive word. Over at Podcast Alley, we're holding steady at number eight. Today's podcast is the first of the month when voting starts anew there. So please go vote for Blast the Right at podcastalley.com. Thanks. Some immediate narrow steps have been taken to avoid future heparin-related deaths. The FDA ordered that all heparin imports be tested. The agency said it would put eight inspectors in China and hire five Chinese to help them. And the Chinese Drug Safety Agency mandated tighter controls in the production of heparin. If that sounds inadequate to you, you're certainly correct. Wouldn't it be better to have a broad-scale overall solution to the foreign drug imports problem? Even if it were expensive, isn't your health worth it? The answer is obviously yes. And the great news is, the solution is amazingly cheap. 
The Government Accountability Office said that it would cost about $70 million a year to put foreign drug plants on the same every two-year inspection schedule as domestic plants. There would be 500 inspectors involved. Now, to you and me in our personal lives, $70 million a year is a lot of money. But let's put that number in perspective. Imported drug safety would cost about four hours of the Iraq war at the current rate of expenditures in that obscenity, about $100 billion a year. Four hours of Iraq. Here's another way to look at it. The entire proposed federal budget for 2009 is $3.1 trillion. $70 million is one forty thousandth of that. In other words, imported drug safety would cost $1 out of every $40,000 the government spends. I think it deserves that high a priority, don't you? Why is this even being debated? It's a no-brainer. Appropriate the money. Do it. But right-wing ideology, which wholesale opposes government regulation of business, stands in the way. Bush's FDA proposes spending only $11 million on inspections, less than one-sixth of what's needed. Bush's budget doesn't contain funds to hire any more inspectors. And, as with all things right-wing, it's even worse than you think. The Bush administration has been systematically taking apart the FDA, not strengthening it. In the last five years, the FDA has lost 200 food scientists and 700 field inspectors. Picture your local drugstore, all the rows of products. Right now, you probably feel comfortable grabbing items right off the shelf and using them. If right-wing policies prevail and there's no government regulatory oversight, you'd certainly be justified in feeling far less comfortable, to say the least. Democrat John Dingell from Michigan heads the House Committee on Energy and Commerce. He didn't like at all what he heard from Bush's FDA and its commissioner, Andrew von Eschenbach. Eschenbach gave the usual right-wing, evasive, non-committal gibberish. According to the AP summary, he claimed that he had, quote, asked the administration for more money to conduct inspections, but he didn't specify how much. He agreed that more inspections were needed, but not to the lengths Democrats suggested, which is to inspect every foreign company every two to three years. Then quoting von Eschenbach, I don't believe that's the solution to the problem. It's much more complex, and the solution needs to be much more comprehensive than simply inspecting a facility. Mr. von Eschenbach said the FDA needed to make greater use of independent companies or foreign regulators to certify that drug companies had good manufacturing systems. Close quote. Representative Dingell let the FDA have it. He, quote, said he was tired of hearing from Food and Drug Administration commissioners about conducting business in new, innovative ways in place of additional financial resources. He said commissioners had talked about the need for the agency to be leaner and meaner. But, Mr. Dingell said, it has turned out that it is leaner, weaker, and less capable of doing its job. Quoting Dingell now, even the Bush administration seems to understand the potential peril that these foreign firms pose, but they offer only vague plans to address the problems, and they refuse to spend more than a fraction of the money needed to protect the public. Referring to the Heparin tragedy, Dingell directly addressed von Eschenbach at the hearing. You presided over this because you don't have the resources to do the job you need. You're presiding over an intolerable situation. Intolerable is just the way to put it. 
We progressives don't want government on our backs, but we do want government to have our backs. In a minute, some even more objectionable ideology-driven behavior from another head of a Bush agency. The FDA isn't the only agency the right-wing is assaulting. It's virtually every federal regulatory body. One is the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Its staff has been reduced to half the size it was 20 years ago. Its budget has steadily declined. Only one full-time employee tests toys for the entire country. Bush has failed to fill a vacancy on the three-member board, so the agency can't perform critical functions like issue new rules or punish companies for violating existing rules. And this is dangerous. There's been a constant stream of revelations of dangerous products manufactured both here at home and imported. 29 million toys were recalled in 2007 alone. I ask you, how many got through? How many untold thousands of kids could be injured or killed? The Senate wanted to give the Consumer Product Safety Commission more money and authority. But guess what? The head of the agency objected. This headline is straight out of the twilight zone. Bigger budget? No, responds safety agency. The article went on to say that Consumer Product Safety Commission head Nancy Nord, quote, has asked lawmakers in two letters not to approve the bulk of legislation that would increase the agency's authority double its budget, and sharply increase its dwindling staff. Ms. Nord opposes provisions that would increase the maximum penalties for safety violations and make it easier for the government to make public reports of faulty products, protect industry whistleblowers, and prosecute executives of companies that willfully violate laws. Wow! If that's not ideology trumping all else, what is? Bush agency officials have sought to weaken their own agencies to make their own agencies ineffective across the board. Antitrust, trucking, worker safety, that's what they were appointed by Bush to do. It's all part of extreme right-wing hostility to government regulation in the public interest. Check out podcast numbers 75, 97, 107, and 113 for some more examples. Do you know about Upton Sinclair's early 1900s book, The Jungle? It was an investigation of the U.S. food industry. Warning, what immediately follows is a bit graphic, but it hits appropriately close to home. I hope you're not eating now. Quote, Nothing in the jungle sticks with the reader quite like what went into the sausages. There was the rotting ham that could no longer be sold as ham. There were the rat droppings, rat poison, and whole poisoned rats. Most chilling, there were the unnamed things, as the book put it, in comparison with which a poisoned rat was a tidbit. 
Sinclair settled into a New York City hotel and started a publicity campaign. He wrote articles with titles like Campaign Against the Wholesale Poisoners of the Nation's Food and released more stomach-churning details. Armour made its potted hams he charged by taking nubs of smoked beef, moldy and full of maggots, and grinding them with ham trimmings. In a newspaper letter to the editor, he dared J. Ogden Armour, the meatpacking magnet, to sue for libel. As a result of Sinclair's crusade, Congress passed the Food and Drug Act, which had been effectively blocked by industry. It became a federal crime to sell adulterated food or drugs, and the new law set up a system of federal inspections. Food had to be labeled, and it was illegal to misstate the contents. Future laws would expand on this newly declared government responsibility to ensure the safety of the nation's food supply. Close quote. So this is why the FDA was established a public outcry resulting from a complete industry failure to police itself. Look behind the story of the creation of virtually any government regulatory body and you'll find the same thing, a crucial urgent need that only government action could meet. All of this completely blows apart the right-wing myth about the establishment of federal regulatory agencies. You see, according to right-wing bedtime stories, everything was all hunky-dory. Industries were pumping out only wonderful safe products. They were beautifully self-regulating. All the needs of Americans were being taken care of by the genius of the free market. But the horrible liberals, wanting to control everything themselves, needlessly imposed a big government bureaucracy on the nation. And that bureaucracy has done a far worse job than the free market had been doing and could do again if only we could roll back these terrible liberal programs. The truth is, as with virtually all things right-wingers say, the exact opposite. Federal regulatory agencies arose because unsafe products were being sold and industry was decidedly not adequately self-regulating. The public demanded protection. The government obliged and created such protection in the form of regulatory agencies. I tell you, until human nature changes and businessmen act with only the public safety in mind and with a hundred percent competence at that, federal regulatory agencies are a critically necessary part of a 21st century global economy. Dare any right-winger to claim otherwise. Next up, maybe a mission impossible, trying to get inside the right-winger's head about all this. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. This is an impressive crowd, the haves and the have-mores. Some people call you the elite. I call you my base. If you gave them the old razzle-dazzle, you razzle-dazzled them. You gave them an act with lots of flash in it, made them believe you were compassionate. Gave them... Listen, I know that there are a lot of unnecessary government regulations and bureaucratic snafus, but is that unique to government? Come on, Mr. and Ms. Right-Winger, you've never dealt with a corporation that's every bit as bad as anything you can find in Washington? The problem is the right-wing position on regulation isn't based on rational analysis. It's not. Our study indicates we can do the job properly for X dollars with Y number of employees. No, it's willy-nilly budget and staff cutting for the sole purpose of budget and staff cutting. 
not the surgical scalpel of improvement, but a dagger in the chest mugging to kill. Remember, Republican strategy guru Grover Norquist has explicitly stated that his goal is to shrink government down to the size where he can drown it in the bathtub. And I just don't get it, do you? Right-wing talk show host Mark Levin really seems to love dogs. He wrote a book called Rescuing Sprite, a dog lover's story of joy and anguish. When Levin was on Hannity and Combs, Hannity also went on and on about how he loved his dogs. But what if Levin's dog, or Hannity's dog, had been one of the scores of U.S. pets killed last year from poisonous pet food from China? Would Levin and Hannity then be singing a different tune? Are you wondering, as I am, what would it really finally take to get a right-winger to open their eyes? How about Rush Limbaugh? What if there had been a problem with OxyContin, and instead of reducing pain, it increased pain? Maybe taking a couple of those defective pills would have knocked some sense into Rush's head? Or how about this? What if there was a bad batch of Viagra? Remember, a customs inspection found Viagra in his possession a while back. What if there was a bad batch of Viagra that instead of doing what it's supposed to do, instead made the, shall we say, organ fall off? When Limbaugh says, Roosevelt is dead. His policies may live on, but we're in the process of doing something about that as well. Does he mean even if it results in grievous bodily harm to himself? Maybe that would be enough to make right-wingers reconsider their blanket opposition to government regulation. Seriously, though, I just don't get it how the right-wing mind works. When you go to the hospital, don't you want the products vetted before they use them on you? Why would you assume the manufacturer will always intend to do the right thing and be competent enough to do it? Where's your evidence? Don't you see that every bit of evidence points in the opposite direction? Now, if someone doesn't care that others have no health insurance or that the minimum wage is so low that millions working a full-time job still live in poverty, at least I can understand that. It's callousness and greed that drives such a viewpoint. But risking harm to their own loved ones, pets, children, even themselves? How did he ask kids? His kids never play with toys? I know. Maybe the right has their own special stores for right-wingers only that none of the rest of us know about. These stores test all products before selling them. Maybe there are special right-winger hospitals as well that independently test all their medicine and equipment before using them with patients. Or maybe all these right-wingers have their own quick home testing kits for everything they buy. Personal responsibility, you know. I just don't understand. Maybe the best we can do is this. Remember Jim Jones who told his followers to drink the poisonous Kool-Aid and they did? They had a religious belief in Jones and would just blindly follow his every dictate. I guess that's what it is with these right-wingers. Their right-wing ideology must be followed no matter what, like a fundamentalist religion, no matter the consequences to self and others. Go ahead, kill my pet, kill my kid even, even kill me myself. But don't let the evil government be involved, because that would be against my religious belief in small, ineffective, do-nothing government. I think right-wingers can aptly be called Jim Jones conservatives. These people are truly scary because they're simply not rational. Their very own primal instinct for self-preservation has been superseded by their political ideology. 
will 2008 be another watershed election, another New Deal moment when the engine of government is rescued and put to work to promote the public welfare, not destroy it? You and I had better make it so. You and I better stay super vigilant and get ready to fight even harder than we ever have. Because what the right will have coming down the pike will undoubtedly be beyond what you and I, what any of us normal human beings, can imagine. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right. Vote for Blast the Right at podcastalley.com. And if you haven't done so, post a five-star review for Blast the Right over at the iTunes Music Store. I posted two new poll questions on the podcast homepage. One about possible quick blast videos suitable for YouTube. The other about my making transcripts available. I'd love to know what you think. You get to the podcast homepage by typing in Blast the Right in Google, and I'm the first result. A special shout out to all you Live 365 and Red Dragon 365 listeners. Great to have you on board. Why don't you come over to the podcast homepage, subscribe for free, and then you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. Music credits. The break music was L.A. Nightmare by 22 Caliber, Not the One Blues by Bernsheet Thornside. Too Much Bush by Wang Dang Doodle, and You Razzle Dazzled Him by Bill Jacobs. We'll close with a little bit of Impeach Cheney First by Bill Oliver and the Cheney Gang. Links to all the music I play on Blasterite can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on the data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Thanks as always to radio talk show host extraordinaire Tom Harmon for the Rush Limbaugh and Ronald Reagan audio clips. Well, I'm all caught up with my email, so if you write in, you'll get a pretty quick response. My address is rational at roadrunner.com. You can also call and leave a comment to play on Blast the Right. Just dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. You can also leave a message on Skype. My Skype name is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. Impeach Cheney first. It can still get worse. After bushes and cups, it's liable to get rough. Impeach Cheney first. Impeach Cheney first. Knock him off his perch. He's the orchestrator, the real Darth Vader. He's the one with a purse. Get the wizard behind the curtain for riding shotgun. Cheney fast Don't let it